Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. Zarin. Elizabeth. Zarin. Elizabeth. Hey, listen, you know what's ridiculous? Yes, I do. What's? Okay, I got one for you. You ready? I do. Okay. Joey... Henny. Joey Henny. You heard that name? No. Okay. Are we insulting Joey by saying he's ridiculous? No, not at all. Oh, he's not what's ridiculous. Not at all. Please. Joey Henny is a hero of mine. Okay. Who's Joey He'd be a hero of yours, I think, once I tell this story. Okay. He was a baseball lover, like you. Uh Uh-huh. He wanted to go to a Phillies Pirates game. Uh Uh-huh. But he wanted to take with him his emotional support animal. Now, luckily, the Philadelphia Phillies, they're very... generous and open and inviting to all of this. They actually say on their Phillies official website, quote, guide dogs, service animals, or service animals in training are welcome. Oh, wow. All other animals are prohibited. So Joey Henny's like, oh, awesome. I can take my service animal with me to the Phillies game because he, he'd been battling depression. He was an older cat, this Joey, he, and he's been having a, a tough go. So he brought with him his buddy Wally, right? So he and Wally went to the Phillies game. The Phillies were like, when he gets to the stadium, not the actual team, but the administration you know, like the officials for the, the stadium, they're like, oh, sir, you can't come. And he's like, what are you talking about? I looked on the website. It says service animals. He's like, sir, you cannot bring your animal in. He's like, it says I can. Have you seen your website? It says I can bring service animals. He's like, sir, that is an alligator. And he's what? like, yes, it is. Get an emotional support he alligator. Had, his service animal was an alligator. Get out of here. He tried, he tried to take an alligator to a Phillies oh game. Oh, my God. And he was denied. He had, to, he had him on a leash. It wasn't like he was just in a paper bag. Ew. He's on a leash. I know there are people who use emotional support animals <laughs> legitimately, but I also know that that is highly abused. There's a difference between a service animal and a support animal. Well, I know, but he said, well, according to Henny, he told the Washington Post, when he turns his nose towards you, that means he expects a kiss. He's super sweet natured. Uh-huh. Sure. I, I don't know. It sounds like emotional support to me. Was he, did he buy a ticket for the animal? Yes, for, for the, him and Wally. Wally had a seat? I suppose so. I don't know. I was I don't next to him. I want to sit him. there with an alligator looking right at ridiculous me. Ridiculous, though, huh? That is Boy, ridiculous. <laughs> so Phillies? <laughs> so Phillies. That's incredible. Uh, do you want to know what else is ridiculous? Oh, yes, please. Waiting until the main course to strike. 
This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. you damn right. Uh, sometimes, Aaron. Yes? I hear about crimes that are so well-planned and uh-huh. so clever that I sort of don't feel bad about them. What do you mean? Like, I mean, I'm not talking about violent crimes or yeah, crimes I knew you were against the that. poor or like yeah. the workers. No, my heart swells. When I read about a crime against fat cats. Oh, yes. I know you're pro-crime when it comes to fat cats. Especially when it's, like, really well thought out. Yes. When it's super, like, You love a smart criminal, too. Golly, I do. Um, you know, everything's so out of balance, right? That, like, the richest of the rich, mm-hmm. they live on another planet, man. Yes. Like, they're, for most, like, if they lost half of their worth, they wouldn't even feel it. Yes. Which is crazy. <laughs> like, if you took half my stuff, I'd be in a hole in the ground. I'd be like, give me back that $5. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, so, like, I wouldn't commit a crime unless someone I loved was in imminent danger. Yes. Uh, you are not I, a criminal. I'm not a criminal, but I silently root for the bad guys who do good, <laughs> in my opinion. Yes, you do root for like, the, the moralistic outlaws. Boy, howdy, do I have one for you today. Oh, yes. Yeah, this crew, chef's kiss. Oh, it's a crew. It's a crew. Peter Salerno. Does that name ring a bell? It kind of does. Say it with me. Peter Peter Salerno. Salerno. He was born in 1939 and grew up in a cold water flat in Yonkers, New York. Hmm. Uh, He was raised by his factory worker single dad. His mom took off when he was young looking for a rich boyfriend. Oh. She was like upset that the dad didn't make any money and was like, I want a Cadillac. Bye. And then went and, you know, hey, stranger. Yeah. Peaced out. Yeah. So she she wanted the fancy car. She wanted the cash. Salerno, he didn't want to wind up like his dad. He didn't want to slave at a job for a little recompense. Um, And he was fit. He was like super buff. So he's like, I'm buff. I want nice things. (laughs) How do I make this work for Salerno? Salerno. Um, He befriended the boxers Rocky Graziano and Jake LaMotta. Wow. And they became his mentors and taught him how to fight. Oh, so he's like a thick dude. Oh, yeah. No, he's like. He's a thick boy. He is buff. Uh, He had anger issues. Um, You told me he hung out with Jake LaMotta. Yeah. It was right there. It's it's understandable. You can't hang out with Jake LaMotta unless you understand his anger issues. Right. So you got to have your own. He's got his anger issues, which I get. You know, there weren't a lot of therapies or outlets for young boys at the time in the mid-50s. And a lot of bad modeling. And a lot of bad modeling, precisely. So he messed around and he wound up in reform school. Mm -hmm. And then he messed around there and he wound up in Sing Sing. And he was 16 years old. Oh. In Sing Sing. Oh. Like, you just try and get your head around that. No. So he gets out, keeps getting into more trouble. So his dad reaches out to a pillar of the community, John Savino. Peter Salerno, he had a friend named Johnny, Johnny mm-hmm. Savino. So okay. this is John, John Sr. Okay, big John. John Savino. Big, and he was. He was big John. He was like a huge dude. Okay. Like everyone knew him too, like physically and then social. Stature-wise, yeah. So John Savino, he was a mobbed up construction and waste management guy connected right. to the Genovese crime family. Good for him. Uh, Salerno, <laughs> I knew you'd like that. Hey, it's a jersey on me. So Salerno, this troubled kid, just gets out. Of, I'm just fresh out of Sing Sing. I'm 16 <laughs> years old. Um, he moves in with the Savino family. All right. And they welcome him in as a son. Uh, they had an older daughter, and uh, then they had Johnny, and then they had these twin girls. So Peter and Johnny, they're lazy. They're just lazy teens. 
But they also couldn't keep jobs. And at this time, like, they had to have a job yes. to keep everything running. Keep poverty at bay. So Salerno, he just drifted on. He tried a stint in college thanks to the beneficence of his his mom's new rich boyfriend. Oh, she did get herself oh, yeah, a rich boyfriend. she hooked boyfriend. up with a rich dude. Good on and her. And was like, can you send my son to college? I want him to be a doctor like you. And the guy's like, yeah, sure, whatever, honey. <laughs> and they send him and he's just bored. Like, he he does not make it like a semester. <laughs> your, th- your son kind of thick in the head, <laughs> too. <laughs> thick in the body and the head. Uh, so he made his way back eventually to the Savino family. Mm-hmm. He got a job as a milkman. That you fits. Know, he's doing a lot the of best. lifting. He hated every second of oh, it. He didn't like getting up early in the morning. And then he met Papa Savino's brother, Nick. And so as a friend of the family, uh, Salerno, he gets welcomed in. He's given the occasional errand. One of the errands was driving Nick's daughter, Linda, and all her friends to the mall. Take them to go shopping. So on one trip, a friend of Nick's daughter was lamenting the fact that she'd run out of money and couldn't continue her shopping spree. That, you know, there are all these other things she wanted to buy. And I just don't have any more money. So the girl's brother's there. He whips out a $100 bill and is teasing her with it. Uh, and she accuses him of taking it from their grandmother's hidden pocketbook back at the house. Like, did you take grandma's $100 bill? Oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, I took it. But, you know, there's so many, she's not going to know it's missing. Okay, so Peter Salerno's ears. <laughs> Penny drops. So he takes the kids back home, takes note of the house. The girl was like bragging about how her family's going to go out to dinner that night. <laughs> so that night, Salerno struck. He goes back to their brownstone and he starts to creep in. But he realizes that the other apartments in the building are going to be able to hear him. You know, the floors are creaky. So he walks around to the side and he looks up and he sees an open window. And there are these brownstones all close. So he figures a way to shimmy up between the close buildings and slip in the open window. Oh. Like, you know how when walls are close enough and you can wedge your back on one and feet on another? Yeah, and climb and, like, up kind of crab them. walk it? That's yeah. what he did. Uh, so he goes in, slips in the window. He finds a pocketbook full of cash. Um, he takes it, the whole pocketbook, you know, empties it out. Doesn't do anything else. Nowhere else. Slips back out. Off into the night, a career is born. So, you know, he was strong. He was nimble. He was aware of his surroundings, like just constantly clocking everything. He started watching other marks, like shopkeepers. There's one guy where he saw that he followed him back and forth from his green grocer stall every day and noticed that he would go home and he'd go back in. He never went to the bank. So it's like, he's got to be keeping all this at home. Then he would strike. (laughs) Damn. So he found out that John Savino, Uh his oldest daughter, Dolores, Um, She and her boyfriend had started a burglary ring of their own. Oh, he's got competition. Yeah, exactly. And they were operating under the guidance of John Savino. Oh, so they were Big John's crew. They were Big John's crew. So, you know, he's giving them tips and he's like sending them out on these little jobs. Um, But soon enough... He's got leads. He's like, hey. Yeah, exactly. So Savino, though, he finds out about Salerno's burglary skills, these new blossoming skills. So Savino starts giving him jobs. And most of them involve stealing safes. And so they would. You're a big cat. They would, yeah. They'd take the safe back to the Savino house, empty them out, somehow pop them open, and then they buried them in the backyard as a means of disposing of them. Which I just keep thinking, the future residents, like, is someone going to move into a house in Yonkers and then like seventeen safes? Want to put a pool in and there's seventeen safes in the ground? Amazing. Uh, So Savino, he sees big things for Salerno and his criming arts. Uh, He knew just the thing to help that along. Do you know what bova is? Uh, bova D's nuts. Oh. No, uh, seriously, though. <laughs> no, it sounds but familiar. Ser- what is bova? <laughs> it's, 
I'm talking about a man named Frank Bova. Oh. Bova D's nuts. <laughs> nice. Well played. Thank you. Um, so You Frank, got me two times. I did. Frank Bova, he told, which every time I was typing this, yeah. Bova D, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Frank Bova. T- you're, you're still red in the face. I can't <laughs> you're, you're so giddy. Okay, so Frank Bova D's nuts told people <laughs> that at one time he was an army ranger. Uh-huh. Um, who was tasked during World War II with stealing documents from the homes of Nazi officers. Yeah, sure. Sounds he was plausible. Like, it was super secret. Yeah. Totally legal, totally cool. <laughs> I snuck around and went in and I grabbed it and was like, you know, like, I'm out of here. Look for maps. I'm a hero, in essence. La, la, la. I'm a hero. Check me out. I'm a hero. Um, and he said that all these top secret missions had trained him to become the best cat burglar both east and west of the Mississippi. <laughs> like, I'm the best there is. Now, of course, this was not true. No. No. Uh, he was a cook in the army during the war. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it was a good tale to tell Salerno, who was oddly naive about hearing such a shaggy mm-hmm. dog story, um, the origins of his his burglary skills. But he did have skills. For 20 years, he was one of the world's best burglars. Bova. Hmm. He's nuts. Um, <laughs> and you've never heard of him because he never got caught. Oh. The police never knew about him during his active criming years. He was completely under the radar, like a good army ranger. Yeah. Look at uh, him. He wasn't mobbed up, but he was in the periphery. Yeah, you kind of have to uh, need to have a fence. Yeah, he'd kick portions of his take for territory mm-hmm. or like tip-offs. Um, but time started to catch up with him. He wasn't as nimble and spry as before, and slowing down would speed up the chance of getting caught. So he kept an eye out for a protege. And John Savino, he delivered with Peter Salerno. Hmm. Uh, Bova's targets were generally wealthy. Uh, he was a jewel thief. He wasn't just a petty little thing. Um, Bova, these nuts, trained <laughs> Salerno. Yes. He trained him how to dress. Uh, how to he, be invisible but also clean. Yeah, yeah. How to how to like train, how to how to work out oh, and like yeah. increase your, your mass. Be able to pull yourself up by, by just your fingertips. Right. Yeah, exactly. And like swim and all this other stuff. So um, how to avoid the security and assorted pitfalls at these mansions. Um, and he wanted that for Salerno, but for a cut. Of course. Okay. So Bova had Salerno first burgle homes in Scarsdale, New York, and um, yeah, okay. other southern Westchester municipalities, mm-hmm. just as a, as a means to practice. The first one was selected because um, when they drove by, they saw that the mailbox was just stuffed with mail. So they're obviously out of town. Yeah. Uh, they didn't just or like trapped in their home or, tra- <laughs> or lazy yeah. like me. Um, so they didn't just like park down the street and then sneak up. They saw that the house backed onto a golf course. So they went around to the country club and parked and then snuck across the green at night. Oh, because they're like, there aren't going to be any golfers out. They're doing stuff. That, the car's not suspicious because they're having like, a, you know, yeah. get together. In the country we used to club. do that to meet girls in high school. There you go. Exactly. You were Bova. These nuts. Uh, so <laughs> walked into that one. <laughs> they climbed up this balcony at the house and they used a copper strip to override the window alarm upstairs oh. like change the current um he explained cool. uh to salerno like how that if you're gonna have a knife on you it has to like you're gonna need it to pop out yeah, the window frame things, yeah but it can't be more than three inches because it's, it's a weapon right so once inside bova explained that um they had to lock the bedroom door as soon as they got in there or if there wasn't a lock, just like shove stuff up against it. Give you some time. Mm-hmm. And then always start in the dressing room. That's that's your place. Don't trash it, whatever you do. Um, you have to gently push into the drawer of unmentionables to feel for something hard. Hear something move. Yeah, box, envelope, whatever. Um, take the stuff, put it in a pillowcase, drop that pillowcase out the window, and then shimmy down the way you came in. Hmm. Now, the one problem is that when rich people go on vacation, a lot of times they take their jewels with them. 
Like if they're going to go to like a fancy, yeah. you know, whatever. They want to um, show them off to their other rich people friends. Yeah. And so, but the job that they were on was just a practice run. Uh, now it was time for the real thing. They hit up a huge mansion in Scarsdale. They pull up, driveway full of cars. Mm. They drove way down the road and approached the house from the woods behind the house. Okay. Wouldn't it be nuts to break into a house full of people? Yeah. I mean, they could see everyone inside enjoying. I'm with Scott. It's cool. It's, it's cool. cool, man. Enjoying a luxe dinner party. So Bova kept watch as Salerno went to the back of the house and climbed up to a balcony off the master bedroom. He worked just as he had in the test house. So at first he found nothing. And then he stumbled onto a hidden safe. Not hidden enough, I guess. Um, he was able to extract a bunch of jewelry. He popped it right there. Oh, damn. Diamonds on diamonds on diamonds and cash. This was a much bigger haul than anything he'd pulled on his own down mm -hmm. in Yonkers. So he took the loot. He made his escape. Bova's still outside, just sitting there watching the swells have their dinner. Word. Now, you know, they they get out, whatever. Meanwhile, Salerno, he was growing sweet on one of the twins, Ooh. Gloria. Uh, that's going to be bad for business. 10 years his junior and a teen at this point, like oh, 15. See how my impulses were? I uh -huh. didn't even have to be you told about other stuff. You knew it. You can't be like, well. He bought her a car. But Ugh. she just wasn't really feeling it because she had a boyfriend. Oh, my God. As you He's... Can, oh. Yeah. As you can guess, though, he won her over. He took her whole family on vacation to Florida, spreading cash around like crazy. Well, yeah, he's a man competing with boys. Yeah. I mean... Well, there's a problem, though. Salerno, he's 25. Mm -hmm. He's trying to woo a 15-year-old. Okay, but that's problem. not the problem. <laughs> he was problem. married and had four kids. Oh, jeez. He and his wife got together when he was, like, 17, like, fresh okay. out of Sing Sing. Started early. But they hadn't lived together in a while. Uh -huh. They had this really chaotic, violent relationship. The violence on both of their parts. Okay. Um, the kids were in foster care at one point, and I think that's where they were when he took up with Gloria. But either way, so Gloria's parents, wow. less than thrilled that their teenager is dating a married father of four. This is the same guy who did not want to end up like his father. Yeah. And he totally exceeded and he him. Totally, like, yeah. raced past him. Raced right by. So Salerno, uh, he he's like, I really want to get with Gloria. Gloria's parents not so thrilled. So he's like, Look, I'm Gloria's get... parents, my boss. Yeah, he's right. Mobbed up. My boss. mobbed up boss. He he Salerno had bought a house with mm -hmm. all this money sure, he'd been Yeah, he's been making getting. money. Um, so he gave his wife the house and then got a quickie divorce. Okay. Then he and Gloria went to Maryland and they eloped. Oh, Lord. And then the marriage age there was 16. So oh. she had just turned 16. <laughs> Good to go then. No one knew about their secret marriage. And oh, then a year geez. later, he bought her a four carat diamond ring and they had a huge Italian wedding. She was already pregnant. When she was 17 and pregnant. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and the, the family, you know, so his family's growing. His criminal enterprise is growing. <laughs> Everything's swelling. Everything's swelling. Let's take a break. Okay. When we come back, we'll follow Salerno as his star rises as a cat burglar. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. 
You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hello, Zarin. Hello, Elizabeth. <laughs> Hello. So nice to see you. Peter Salerno. Yes, my guy, kind of. Really. I don't know. You'll see. He was quickly becoming the world's greatest cat burglar, replacing his teacher, Frank Bova. Uh -huh. Say it. Both of these. My? Yeah, Bova D's nuts. My, there it is. My, wait, yours? Mine. Mine? Okay. <laughs> yes. So, I'm not going to play along with your oh, games making sorry. fun of me, Elizabeth. <laughs> Back in 1966. These nuts. There was someone else calling Peter Salerno the world's greatest burglar. Mm -hmm. And this time, someone said it while drunk. And in public. And that someone was John Saviano's thieving daughter, Dolores, Ooh. of the crime ring that she had. So she got wasted at a nightclub one night and said that she, guess what, everybody, I'm paying everyone's tab. And that she slams $10,000 in cash on the bar. Uh -huh. So she then announced that she got the money by working with, quote, the best burglar in the world, Peter Salerno. She's like, names, names. She's De Niro's worst nightmare. I think from Goodfellas, she's just. I think most people in the club just rolled their eyes and then ordered whatever was most expensive, except for the one person who'd be listening. The guitar player. Ah, see, there's always the one person who's like, "I think that's serious." Dominic Latella, uh -huh. the guitar player, he was intrigued. Of course, he was a posh mama's boy. Uh -huh. uh, when he was in high school, he was in a band called the Two Plus Twos. Jeez, <laughs> oh, they played with Tony Orlando and Don. <laughs> of course, Zarin. they played with Tony Orlando. Big time. Orlando. Don't laugh at him. I'm gonna. So Latella, he fell in with bad kids though uh -huh. and unlike the Savino family his parents weren't about it um, but yet the parents were kind of in the Savino orbit yeah but his mom was just like this crazy taskmaster like uber helicopter mom like she okay. did everything for or were they him. trying to be good Americans they didn't want to have like you know I think these other Italian Americans are making us look bad that well, whole he vibe was, he was her special precious baby and oh. like should never do anything wrong well, and he's you know okay. um, so they told the parents told Latella that he had to sign up for military service so in 1963, he enlisted in the Navy, uh, and he did that to avoid the draft in Vietnam. He kind of jumped ahead of it. Yeah, he saw it coming. Um, when he got out of the service, he needed a job, uh, but he didn't feel like doing legitimate work. I mean, I know how that feels. So he <laughs> fell back in with the bad boys. I know how that feels. <laughs> when, when he wasn't criming, he moonlighted as a guitar player at a nightclub. And that's where he heard Dolores Savino brag about working with Peter Salerno. 
He wanted to do that too. I want to work with him. Does he take resumes? Do I just show him a job I've done? How do I get in? (laughs) Well, so Salerno, meanwhile, he had moved the entire Savino family down to Florida. He bought John and his wife a restaurant at the Tangiers Resort and Motel. Oh, wow. They're living the good life. Okay. Salerno was down there, too. He had a business. Gloria's down there, whole family. He's, like, bouncing to Cuba at this point, maybe? No. Oh, no, 63. I've been way too yeah, late for you'll that. Yeah, you'll find, you'll find okay. what he's doing. So, uh, as luck would have it, Latella's family, like I said, in the Savino orbit. They're friends with the Savinos. Mm-hmm. The Savinos are feeling like there aren't a whole lot of Italian-Americans down here right now that I know, and I'm fe- we're feeling a little lost. So, they started inviting friends from back home hmm. to come come and stay. One of them, the Latella family. Okay. Come down. Okay. Fate takes over. Because Latella now, oh, I heard that Peter uh, Salerno is like the world's best burglar. He's right here. So Latella tracks him down, begs to be taught the ways of a burglary ninja. Please. <laughs> Pretty soon, he's working as Salerno's accomplice, logistics man, lookout. But this is after a rocky start. Uh, at his first heist with Salerno, Latella pooped his pants. Literally? No, like a lot. Oh, God. So much so that he had to wipe himself on the luxurious drapes in the home's dining room. What? Wait, it was what? so bad. Wait, it, how the did smell that... was terrible. Oh, my God. It was everywhere. Was it nerves? It was nerves. Oh, my God. He's the worst. He, he would not dead. have a second job on my crew. In that the, is it. In like, the I'm early sorry. Days, in the early days of their career together, he would often get so nervous that he had to poop. No. He no, would, no, no. We're done. That's kind of why he one. was always the lookout because you'd oh tell him, God. like, you wait out here but in then, the bushes. Then the whole car. Oh, the lookout. Okay, not yeah. The car, you can out. just duck in the bushes, let her rip. They gave him a nickname, Diarrhea Don. I was gonna say, and they kept it for his whole career. Everyone called him Diarrhea Don, but he was able to recover. You know, he How? could work through How it. How do you recover from Diarrhea Don? Wiping your poop on the sh- on the, the drapes. Do you think he did like the towel move? Like, like you're know, like drying your back, but like through the legs? Like, I have all these, all these descriptors. I want. I'm not gonna say anything. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Uh, Latella, the heavy side or the soft side? You know, there's like on drapes, yeah. there's two. There's like the inner sheet. And the, I think he's going for he the soft the, side. I think he went for the thicker one. Oh. He wanted maximum coverage and absorbency. Just <laughs> do a lot of scooping. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Latella, yes, please. He's not only you know covered in his own feces. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also sweet on a Savino daughter. Another one, of Another course. Another one. That lucky girl, Gloria's twin, Sandra. <laughs> oh man. Now, like where Gloria was like the good girl, Sandra's kind of like a rawr, oh, like she's a feisty one. Yeah, maybe she likes the poop. <laughs> Um, she wasn't, she wasn't interested. She wasn't interested in Diarrhea Dawn. No, Uh, she had a creepy boyfriend and her parents were totally over him. So they're like, let's set her up with Diarrhea Dawn. No. He's a nice boy. Why do they not like this girl? (laughs) So Latella, uh, he got the gig with Salerno basically because, uh, the Savino family was like, this guy looks good. Like he obeys his mom. Like they don't really know about the poopins. (laughs) And so they're like, let's get him a gig with Salerno being the, you know, the heist guy that gets some cash. And then that's wooing money. The rest is history. So they (sighs) they wind up together. Oh my God. Gloria. How did your mom meet your dad? Well, funny story. <laughs> One day. Well, actually, here's he the He was thing on too. a job pooping himself. He dressed terribly. He oh wore, my God. He, wore, he wore like shorts and sandals all the time. What? Like with dark the socks? The Don doesn't wear shorts. No. Hello. And so it was Sandra who was like, no, I'm sorry. The Don doesn't wear shorts and you need actual <laughs> She just taught him to dress because the mom was like a, buying like all his clothes. Like a man and not a man baby? Basically. Uh, so Gloria, she's oh. leafing through a copy of Town & Country magazine okay. one day at a store. And she notices that there are a lot of photos of, like, phenomenal homes and stories about upcoming parties. 
So she takes the magazine to her husband, Peter Salerno, and is like, you know what? This is a great source of targets. Yeah. This Shopping is just list. like a lookbook right here. So Salerno and Latella, they stopped finding homes to rob either by like getting mob tips or just driving around neighborhoods. Instead, they prepared by creating a leads list <laughs> by using Forbes magazine's list of the wealthiest people in America. They found addresses in who's who in America. They studied photo spreads in Architectural Digest and Town and Country. And then they went through all the society columns in newspapers for announcements of like who's in town and who's hosting big parties. Damn, ABC always be criming. So smart. Coffee so smart. is for closers. This is amazing. <laughs> you got the good lead sheet. Well, and here's the thing: like people loved to show off their obscene wealth. Yes. And Salerno and Latella took advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're putting it out there in the public. All this information. Sure. And the, the mansions were enormous. So Bova's technique of sneaking in while the parties were going on was perfect. So like guests, they get summoned by these butlers and these maids to go and have these absolutely huge dinners, multiple course dinners uh, that could take hours and hours in this like, you know, well-situated dining room. So they can see out to like maybe part of the yard, but it's it's not, you know, noisy for the, the rest home, of the yeah. house. Uh-huh. Um, it would have been rude to get up and leave the table. You don't, you know, you don't get up and wander around or anything get bored um so and the staff the staff is super busy in the kitchen and the dining room can you imagine if you were like one of these guests elizabeth and you're like i am kind of nosy imagine if you excuse yourself to go to the bathroom you go to the second story upstairs bathroom you're going down you're feeling padding along the carpeted walk and all of a sudden you hear a noise and this guy pokes out (laughs) he's got on a mask and like a pillowcase and and it smells like poop it smells like poop (laughs) his diarrhea done you're like i've heard about you no but honestly like (laughs) you had that moment like i can't imagine as a criminal thinking that that would be it's a good move but it yeah. really limits there are a couple of random the thing. risks they're upstairs yeah in these mansions no one's going upstairs like oh. if you have to step away to use There's the, a bathroom downstairs. the powder yeah. room You're it's not, downstairs it's not a four so the rest of the house is like completely deserted yes i get it um and so also when everyone's home no alarms are set oh yes that's genius that's amazing. isn't that incredible um and a lot a lot of the things i read too are that some of the older homes like they didn't have air conditioning mm-hmm. the way that you'd we leave do. Windows open. So you leave the windows Probably. open Big to get the air t- through. Florida time. Yeah. Uh, so according to Peter Salerno, quote, they never expect you. They don't expect anybody to be in there with them while they're having dinner. Yeah. They're so busy and engaged. Yeah. And then Latella talking about Salerno, quote, it's remarkable, but he had this sixth sense of finding it. And you're talking about a big master suite with dressing areas, you know, closet areas. If it was there, he found it. And then Salerno backs it up. A lot of them didn't even know it was gone till the following day. Hmm. So it's just in and out. They considered themselves gentlemen thieves. They never carried guns. No weapons. That's they smart. were never violent. And if they had to, they'd leave empty-handed. Yeah, that's you gotta. Yeah. Cut and run. So there were this rash of burglaries um, in both New York, mm-hmm. in like the Tony areas, mm-hmm. Connecticut. Upstate in Connecticut. Yeah. And then, like, Long, uh, Long Island. Uh, oh, so, oh, yeah, Long Island, yeah. that way, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, Florida. Okay. So they're hitting both. Like, they go for the winter, they go down. They they're winter just, in like, Florida. Precisely. I got you. Uh, the, the cops are catching on. They see the pattern. Some are calling them the fat cat burglars. <laughs> um, but they eventually became known as the dinner set gang. So they targeted the dinner set. The wealthy like folks, that. you know, their schedules revolve around social events, not work. The dinner set guy. It's the dinner set. Yeah. Yeah. So. Although I kind of like the fact that <laughs> I won't lie. So one day Salerno saw an ad for an inflatable raft. 
Mm-hmm. Like a, a zodiac with the outboard. Oh and yeah, the, car, the harder kind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, not like a pool floating. Yeah, that's what I was picturing. <laughs> it was it was amazing, guys. It was a unicorn. <laughs> like one of those little the, like the plastic candle uh, paddles <laughs> that come apart with too much water. Totally. <laughs> no zodiac. Okay. Um, and so he knew it would be the perfect way to get at beachfront properties, because mm-hmm. like Palm Beach, Long Island, Sounds, Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Those are the homes of, like, some of the richest people in America. Totally. Sometimes in the world. Oh, yeah. Um, and they were pretty much inaccessible on foot. Unless you get from the water. It's brilliant. Huge fences, long driveways, but not anything at the waterline. So if you come in and out on the water, there are also no roadblocks. Mm-hmm. Nothing can, no one can only stop other, you. The only thing is the sheriffs. Yeah. Sheriff's boats. Exactly. Uh, so Salerno and Latella, they followed their targets with the seasons, like I said, north to Connecticut and New York, Palm Beach for the social season. And they hit all the big names. Uh, DeWitt Wallace, founder of Reader's Digest. Um, and from that from that family, they got $168,000 worth of jewels while Wallace and his wife were finishing their dessert. <laughs> uh, the heiress to the uh, Flagler Railroad fortune, okay. $5 million stolen while she hosted a black tie dinner. Nice. In and out. From 1971 to 1972, they hit more than a dozen homes on the Gold Coast. Wow. Yeah. Zarin, close your eyes. Oh, yes. I want you to picture it. It's January 1973. You are inside a large estate north of Palm Beach, Florida on Juneau Beach. There is but one road in and out from the mansion to the rest of the world. You are a Sfera fitted sheet belonging to Sir John Rupert Hunt Thoron and his wife, Lady Thoron, also known as Esther Driver DuPont, heir to the DuPont fortune. Oh, wow. These are some rich folks. Uh, and you are a very expensive fitted sheet. Yeah. You are a sfera, to be exact, the finest pure Egyptian cotton made in Italy. Check that. Some of out. the most expensive bedding in the world. <laughs> you aren't used much on the bed, but that doesn't mean you aren't doing a job. You are well laundered and you sit in the linen closet. <laughs> you are wrapped tightly around a leather traveling case belonging to Lady Thoron. The case is covered in all manner of custom stamps and stickers from far-flung exotic locales. As you sit in the linen closet, a lavender sachet tucked behind you, you hear the staff ring the dinner bell of Sir and Lady Thoron. You are a magical sheet that can hear and see and taste and smell. You are a marvel. You are Italian. You damn right. After a while, you also hear the sound of an outboard motor out on Hobie Sound. It draws closer, but this is nothing new. Plenty of people tootle up and down the sound, even after dark. You have an incredible bat-like hearing, though. I mean, the sheets are expensive for a reason. You hear the sound of two people alighting from the boat you heard and making their way up the beach to the house. A moment later, you hear a quiet rattle at the French doors leading from the bedroom to a balcony. A little pop, and then you hear the wind outside. Someone has made it into the house. You hear footsteps approaching. Your cotton heart beats faster. The darkness of the linen closet is pierced with light as the doors to the closet swing open. You can hear rustling. Someone is pawing their way through the other bedding. Please, 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 please leave, you think. I have a job to do. Then you feel it. Hands. Gloved hands. You are petrified as the hands squeeze you tight, violating your smooth fabric. The hands feel the leather valise and freeze. You let out a silent scream. You can see, you can hear, you can smell, but you can't speak. You are mute as the hands unfold your carefully tucked corners. Do you know how hard that was to achieve? Your charge is now exposed. The hands rub over the exterior of the case, taking in the stamps and stickers and fine leather. The hands open the case. You hear a little gasp. The owner of the hands is awestruck by what he sees. 
In the case are 25-carat and 22-carat sapphires, a 5-carat Marquise diamond, and a flawless 17-carat natural pink pear-shaped diamond worth $1.8 million. That's almost $12.5 million today. The hands set down the case and make a half-hearted effort to fold you back up. Then, just as quickly as the two men arrived, they dash away into the night. Salerno and Latella made off with $12 million of jewels that night in total, which is almost $83 million today. Wow. The DuPonts running deep with jewels. Damn. So the two of them go to New York to celebrate with their fence. Mm-hmm. Who's their fence? Who is their fence, Elizabeth? In an interview with 60 Minutes, Salerno himself ratted out the fence. Quote, a guy named Wally Gans, who was at the 47th... <laughs> goes on national yeah. TV and announces his Who fence. was at the 47th Street Diamond Exchange, which is the biggest exchange in the world to me. I mean, you know, I've been under the ground. They had their own vaults. They don't go to banks. They got more diamonds and cash there than God. Please tell me he was dead at the time. <laughs> yes. So Salerno and Latella, they were paid 10 cents on the dollar. Okay. And that was the going rate for stolen yeah, gems. On um, plus, they had to kick up to the mafia on mm-hmm. top of that. Plus, Gans didn't always give them fair value for the hot loot. Of course not. Uh, But they still did quite all right. Yeah, it's all free money to them. (laughs) Exactly. So after the DuPont and Flagler jobs, uh, Gans and his wife retired to North Miami Beach. Gans was a suspect in all manner of illegal activities, (laughs) but he was never indicted. No. Look at him. Slippery eel. I know. So Salerno and Latella flush with cash. Mm -hmm. Sandra... Uh, she said, the Latella's wife, mm-hmm. bags full, suitcases full. We would put it in envelopes of $20,000 at a time. And I can remember having to go to the safe deposit box and changing it because I couldn't put another envelope in it. <laughs> like they had to keep upgrading. I used it as like a paperweight. I was like reading something. I just put money on top. <laughs> well, no. Listen, Gloria, she had a $400 a week allowance. Mm-hmm. Um, she said she used to collect random cash that she found in her husband's pockets. And she would then put it all in a bank account. And then once, Salerno, he needed cash to hire a lawyer. So she went to the bank and withdrew everything that she that she had found over the years, brought it home in an envelope. They dump it out on the dining room table and count it. $250,000. Oh, wow. I mean, this is, they had. Pocket change. Yeah. That was literal pocket, pocket change. change. Chump change. Damn. So an uncle of his liked to joke, quote, they're in the iron and steel business. She irons and he steals. <laughs> hey Hey, please tip my waitress. And with that, we'll take a break. Okay. And then I'll let you know how things are going in the steel business. <laughs> I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast. 
to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Welcome. Hey, Elizabeth. Hello. Elizabeth. Ads. So good. I want more. Uh, welcome to Dateline 1975. Oh, hey. Yeah. I brought the wrong pants. 75. Salerno got arrested and convicted mm-hmm. on a federal drugs charge. Oh. He got set up by a rival burglar and who wanted in on his turf. That's one of the stories that you hear. So he served time at the Atlanta Federal Correctional Facility. Not a place to do. No. Time. And he, but like, here's the thing. He agreed to cooperate with the feds in exchange for a shorter sentence. He's like, this is not good. I want out of here. What do you want? Yeah. Who do you want? I'll tell you anything. Because remember, he's in the mob orbit, but he's not made. Yeah. He's not Omerta. He Mm -hmm. has no vows of silence. Nope. Nope. So 1980, he testified against a mob underboss, Agnello Della Croce. Uh, He stated that he was with mobsters in Lanza's restaurant in New York City's Little Italy. And he heard Della Croce order a hit on a guy who was later found dead in a parking lot. So he was a witness to this order. In exchange for his testimony, he and his family went into witness protection. That's all it took. Wow. That's all it took. He needed it, dude. Della Croce put a price on his head of $100,000. So he was a mob boss, mob boss then. Yeah. He wasn't like, he said he was an underboss, but he actually had real power. He had power. Okay. Yeah. And so Peter Salerno's WITSEC name mm-hmm. is amazing, by the way. <laughs> yes. Pierre John Cardin. 
Really? Yeah. Pierre Cardin, the little John yeah, in the middle just of it. Just to throw it off. Yeah, just were they snitch. like in Macy's and they were trying to come up with a name? Like, <laughs> Pierre, uh, what's your middle name? John? John Cardin. Cardin. So he was getting income from the feds until he could get himself established. But he never really like got himself established. No. He just was like, so. Um, but Salerno and Latella, as well as their families, they got new names. And then they spent the next eight years living in Washington, Minnesota, Oregon. They moved around a bit. Mm-hmm. While in protection, Salerno worked on a gym invention that he was calling the Mighty Bender. And <laughs> it doesn't look like anything ever came of that. I tried oh, to find okay. it. And that's a crime. Yeah, Sarah, that is, there's my crime. Yeah, boom. Yeah. In 85, the government money ran out. Um, and the family. Oh, but how does that work? Do you know how the witness protection? Like, do they give you like we'll give you ten years worth of money? Or no, from is what like I understand deal? is that they'll get yeah they'll give you ten years or like if you can start generating enough money like if you get a job and do that kind of mm-hmm. stuff uh, then you know it tapers off or whatever. But there is like a hard deadline I and mean, it looks like it's five years of okay, like interesting. get a job or we cut you off. And so then they just start moving from hotel to hotel because they don't have this solid income. Uh, Gloria, she didn't miss the jewels and the luxury cars. She missed like the simple days of Oregon. She was a Girl Scout troop mom <laughs> and like way all up in the PTA. Yes. She's all about it. She's like, I miss my drama. Salerno was a baseball coach. Oh, I can Here's see that. Here's my, my baseball coach, Pierre totally. Cardin. <laughs> yeah. How do you do? Uh, who has like, Hey, you know, Coach Cardin. And he's got like a thick New York Italian American yeah, exactly. accent. Uh, they hung out at the library. The whole family went to the library all the time. Salerno did a little gem research there, but you know, as a treat. Um, so when they were in Minnesota, they learned about the Pillsbury Mansion in yes. uh, Minneapolis, which has since been torn down. I, I understand. Didn't know that. Yeah, um, and they hit it successfully. Nice under the watch of the U.S. Marshal Service. Oh, so he smooth. does. He robs the Pillsbury Mansion. Yes. While in witness protection. From his bosses. Yes. The U.S. government. Yes. He uh, loves hitting his boss. I, I like this. 86. Yeah. Salerno got busted for attempted burglary in Hollywood, Florida. Uh-oh. The homeowner's son hit Salerno over the head with a trophy. Oh. And then he got convicted and sentenced to 12 years. These are the surprises I'm talking about yep. in home and burglaries. Yeah. Getting hit in Getting the head, head with the... By the a trophy. kid who's just all not on my watch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Once again, teenagers, always <laughs> dangerous. Like, don't try me. I am not the one. I've been waiting for this. I won dreaming this bowling trophy this. for a reason. Hit you with the hard oh, end. he's totally been dreaming of that. Yeah. That's totally like, you know, when kids are like, I'll fight him and I'll punch exactly. him. Exactly. You know? I'll hit him with the trophy. And Kick then him he's right like, in the See, knee. I told you, mom. Yeah. Uh, so, but here's the thing. <laughs> Salerno, he gets released in order to help law enforcement um, because agents told the judge that he was more helpful to them outside than inside. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. So in uh, January of 1988, he gets caught again, this time tumbling over a wall in a subdivision in Boca Raton oh. where he, there had already been two robberies. Like, he, how he, far has he fallen? He's now like an old cat where he can't make the same he's jumps. He's gone from He's DuPont, getting a little clumsy. Yeah. yeah, to like a Boca Raton yeah. subdivision. Um, a Boca Raton subdivision, that's so bleak. And he was I with mean, nothing, his, no yeah, offense to a Boca Raton subdivision, wife. but for the thief. Yeah, he was with his wife and his sister-in-law. And it didn't clarify. I don't know if that was Sandra, if it was Latella's wife, or it was Dolores. Oh. That's another sister-in-law. Anyway, his wife was there, one of the sisters-in-law, um, and then another dude. He was wearing a ski mask, and he had a stolen 9 millimeter semi-automatic gun on him, which Ooh. is very out of character. Now he's breaking his own rules. Yeah, and he was ordered to continue that 12-year sentence that they had gotten him out of. Oh. An agent said to the judge, quote, he violated our trust, and he violated your trust. And Salerno said, I have no guilt. I have nothing to hide. I did not disgrace this court, and I did not disgrace you. 
Okay, dude. I don't think you get to decide that, sir. <laughs> I mean, no offense. I mean, it's a great theory. Salerno's attorney, Steve Cole, he said that it was Salerno's winning personality, this likable sure. personality. His charm he's been skating that on. That was helping him infiltrate other crime rings course, that were yeah. not affiliated with the mm-hmm. mob. And so apparently he helped out with a narcotics investigation that spanned South Florida, Vegas, D.C., and New York. Wow. His attorney said, quote, these individuals will welcome him with open arms. So it's like, yeah, I t- you know. Takes one to know one. So when Salerno got out of jail, he learned that Gloria had been diagnosed with breast cancer and had no health insurance and he needed money. So he and Latella headed north in the winter of 1991 to kick off the mother of all crime sprees. Oh, for real? Yeah, because they're doing it for real now. This oh, is yeah, for now, Gloria. Yeah, now they need the money desperately. Yeah, one of the first homes they'd hit was one they'd hit decades prior. Yes. The same people still lived there. Oh, I love this. Detective Billy Adams sent out a bulletin alerting police that the dinner set gang was back, baby. <laughs> See, the cops wanted to. This is what Adams said, quote, everything was identical except the date on the police report. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Same See? thing. As long as you don't do violence, cops are like, this is a fun little well, game for us Salerno to play. Salerno explains it. He said, quote, I was just obsessed. I wasn't going to let her die because of money, for the lack of money. That money saved her life. Yeah. Per Latella, quote, we broke our rules, you know, not knowing your target, not knowing where you're going, knowing your escape, working in the winter, especially in the snow. Yeah. Well, suddenly they're the Blues Brothers. They're, a man, they're men on a mission. Right. Because here's what happens. January 21st, 1992, the, the two, they targeted a home in Westport, Connecticut. Now, remember, normally they're down in Florida this time of year. So this is what Latella said about that day. Quote, I recall the woman being downstairs in her foyer, and Pete says, put me up on the ledge. He went up and made entry into the bedroom, and all of a sudden, I noticed the woman look up, and I knew she heard something. The lady homeowner, <laughs> she, she called 911. Pretty soon, the surrounding woods were crawling with cops, and the cops' sweetie dogs. Um, and then the set two uh, freaked out their new getaway driver because he hears all the dogs and he just blows. So Salerno and Latella, they had to hoof it. Uh, they, this is how uh, Latella remembers it. I recall it was like blowing snow, maybe 10 degrees out. And finally, we just conceded to the fact saying, you know, Pete, it doesn't look good. That's it. We're done. <laughs> So basically, they were in their own personal Sopranos Pine Barrens episode, which is still one of the greatest episodes of all time. Oh my God! Some of the You're best not going to believe this guy killed 16 Czechoslovakians. Guy was an interior decorator. <laughs> so that was them. That was 100 percent totally. them. Totally. Like was David we, Chase in the house yes, watching this? Exactly. Yeah. They, they so um, anyway, the canine cuties they found Salerno and Latella under a pile of leaves near I-95. Um, and I hate when that happens to me. Yes. I, I get found under a pile of leaves. How many times have by, I been right found I, I near I-95? It's terrible. Salerno and Latella, they get arrested, obviously. Um, and then they get tied to a bunch of other burglaries. In the end, Latella ended up serving nine years in prison, and Salerno served four. Uh, their wives got jobs working at a mall in Fort Lauderdale. And when, <laughs> As their punishment? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and when he got out on parole, Latella got a job selling used boats. Um, And here's what he had to say, quote, the certain regrets I do have is if I scarred anybody from feeling violated. I'm sorry in that respect, you know, because I'm sure a lot of people felt that way because I know how my wife would feel, you know, if it's any consolation, you know, and it was by us. Believe me, we were gentlemen and we weren't there to hurt anybody. Salerno, 
He shared that he had no regrets and enjoyed the jewel thief life and the excitement that came with it. I got to say, I like his approach. They asked him if he would do it again. He said no. But when then, like, do you have any plans? And, you know, would you tell anyone about it? He laughed and he said, no, no, I wouldn't. Also no. <laughs> exactly. Um, in my work as a special investigator, yes, I think I found the Salernos. It looks like both Pete and Gloria are still alive. Oh, wow. Yeah. How did you do it? I'm not telling. I'm oh. not revealing my secrets. They have a lovely family. Uh-huh. But, yeah, it looks like they're both still alive in Florida. Florida. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, so all's well that ends well, I suppose. But Gloria made it. Yay, Gloria. <laughs> Yay, Gloria. Um, Detective Adams told 60 Minutes, I can find anybody. I know here, you can. Um, that, quote, in anything that you read in the last 40 years in regards to jewel thieves, Peter Salerno's name always comes up. And he's the standard by which all other jewel thieves are judged. Wow. Yeah. Big dog. So drunk, Give it up for the goat. Drunk Dolores was right. He's the best in the world. Zarin, <laughs> yes. what's your ridiculous takeaway? Uh, um, I got to say that uh, I know this is a really base ridiculous takeaway, but I think boat theft is really where it's at. We've covered this a couple of times. If you don't mess that up, I'm thinking that's really like the theft move. via boat or yeah, like stealing you, a you boat? Ride, no, you ride up in a boat. Oh, yeah. You rob a house that's on the water, mm-hmm. and you just go wing away. It's Absolutely genius. It seems like, you know, I, I made a gun out of ice, and I have ice bullets of murder. It's the version of for thieving. Well, it's like, took, this like, is a perfect all crime. The, all the smart stuff, like wait till they're having a dinner party mm-hmm. so the, the alarm's not on. That, yeah. I think, is huge. And also, people, I would think it would take a long time before cops would think to look for that as an escape route, especially if you, were, you made a couple little signs that you walked away yeah or like he put some car whatever it is you could throw them off mm-hmm. for the longest time they would not think of that mm-hmm. i think if unless somebody saw you obviously. well and it's like you know i don't mind him hitting the duponts no offense to the dupont family but like they're oh. you know they're still okay like yeah. they didn't but like then when he's going after like a subdivision in boca that, that was yeah they always get to a point i mean the desperation sinks in i think yeah and also they they start slipping with age and they keep thinking yeah. that they can be doing what they were doing and it's like michael jordan on the wizard he should have been like, like bova these nuts to uh find a, a protege exactly someone to come up through the ranks someone exactly. who doesn't have diarrhea <laughs> it's always a good thing to look diamond doors had the same issue Diarrhea? No, the protege (laughs) getting old. But yes, now that I can picture her crapping herself. Thank you. We all have crapped ourselves. It's what keeps us all together. Mm -hmm. It bonds us. It's a circle of life. Yeah. That's it. That's all I have. That and we all have shadows. It's true. Those two things. That's it. Good point. Uh, point. Thanks for playing. Good point. Good point. (laughs) All duly noted. You can find us online at RidiculousCrime.com. We're at RidiculousCrime on Twitter and Instagram. There's an email. Uh, leave us a talk back on the iHeart app and that's it. Ridiculous Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zaren Burnett. Produced and edited by Diarrhea Dave Kustin. <laughs> Research is by Marissa Queasy Stomach Brown and Andrea Slight Fever Song Sharpentier. The theme song is by Thomas Splitting Headache Lee and Travis Excessive Flatulence Dutton. Executive producers are Ben Blurred Vision Bolin and Noel Trouble Swallowing Brown. Ridiculous Crime. Say it one more time. Ridiculous Crime. Ridiculous Crime is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.